people need ordering principles. Twelve rules. So hello, welcome to Twelve Rules for What. My name is Sam. And we are very happy to be joined today by Mikhail Volt Rasmussen, who is an art historian and a theorist working on the politics and history of the avant-garde uh, and the politics of contemporary art and the revolutionary tradition. Today, we're going to be talking about his new book, Late Capitalist Fascism, which is out, I think, now from Polity Press, whenever you are listening to this. He also wrote Trump's Counter-Revolution, which I think was from Zero Books a few years ago. And this new book, this Late Capitalist fascism. Obviously, late capitalist is a, a term we'll kind of delve into in a bit, but the book actually opens with uh, an epigraph, one of two epigraphs from George Jackson, um, Black Panther, author of Solidad Brother, probably very familiar to lots of people who are listening to this. He says, the final definition of fascism is still open. And I want to suggest that this is in some ways kind of the opening gesture of the book and thinking about whether or not we confine the idea of fascism to, let's say, um, mass societies in the middle of the 20th century, principally European, and so on, is a really important question in how we think about anti-fascism, how we think about um, what we're doing when we describe ourselves as anti-fascists. Are we opposing something that was you know, present in uh, Action Francais from you know, the uh, 18th, uh, 1910s? all the way through until the Second World War then stops, then comes back a bit later? Or are we opposing ourselves to something that is much more protean, much more complex, confusing, and so on? And George Jackson is, you know, when people like Keith uh, Olbermann is kind of like a histronic American liberal say, oh, Trump is a Nazi, Trump is a fascist, I think, you know, go away, you're an idiot. Um, but when George Jackson says it to me, I, I take it seriously. So, you know, um, they, they, this is a person who we should not like, obviously be dismissing and so on. And I think this is, a, this is another, this is a thought also that's been carried through by Angela Davis amongst other people. Um, the question of the openness of fascism to a, not just that European mode, not just that mass associational mode, not just that kind of state authoritarianist mode, but also through to what they described as racial fascism. Anyway, that's all to say that the kind of the most potent challenge to the, like against a closed or specific idea of fascism today, I think comes from the black radical tradition, right? And this is um, the way the book opens. How do you interpret that gesture? What are you interpreting in George Jackson saying that, um, that the final definition of fascism is still open? And why is that a kind of important thing to be doing today? It's late 2021. Why is that important now? Well, I mean, in a, in a certain sense, it's an attempt to avoid becoming trapped in the um, endless discussion of, of, of the utility of, of employing the term of, of fascism. So it's a, it's a kind of, it's, it's like a quick gesture, perhaps, um, in order to say that, that, that actually some of the most important radical thinkers um, in, in the late 60s, early 70s, actually employed the term um, outside of, of the interwar context. Uh, and, and, and that's, I mean, the, the, the reading the book proposes is, of course, I mean, done in a continuation of, 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 of that tradition. But the quote is also juxtaposed, juxtaposed with a, 
a quote from from Guy Debord. And I think that that of course they are very different, Guy Debord and George Jackson, but but both of them are of course committed to uh, a, a revolutionary critique of capitalist society. And 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 their position of enunciation is precisely from like uh, um, the ongoing struggle against against um, exploitation and and suppression, and in a way, I hope that that's also the, the position of enunciation uh, of the book. Um, so so in in a way, the I mean, one aspect of of uh, of the analysis is 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 arguing that uh, the different fascist tendencies we see emerging, um, they are actually a, a sign of both a, a, the, the kind of like the dismantling of, of a previous political order, but also um, a kind of preventive cancellation of the coming into being of, of what we with Jackson and De Boer can perhaps call a revolutionary alternative. That's 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 part of of uh, of that juxtaposition of of Jackson and and De Boer, I think. And then, of course, it's also, I mean, as you know very well, very well, it's it's very difficult to um, to employ the, the the term fascism. Either it tends to become a term that has to do with marginal fringes of of of, of ultra right political. Not even movements, but more kind of groups or factions, or it tends to become an invective, or like just just an an attempt to kind of like discredit political opponents. Uh, so, of course, it's a it's it's a it's it's a it's an attempt to to somehow reintroduce or reemploy the term, or or or, or <clears throat> somehow try to to. Um, to come up with a with a um, a different interpretation of the term of of, of fascism um, outside of its 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 um, this interwar period, uh, where I mean, for instance, just as a as an anecdote, the Danish National Broadcasting Company uh, two days ago had to um, re-edit. A TV show, a kind of, of um, uh, you, you know, the, the format that's probably present all over the world, some, some kind of, of bachelor lit, bachelor or bachelorette program where people uh, are supposed to to meet each other and then get married and and, and during five shows, uh, but they 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 had to re-edit it because one of the Part of the setup was that they 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 um, got two politically active um, uh, one young man and one young woman to 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 kind of like they were supposed to become a, a couple. And during a conversation, the man said that 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 the Danish politician Pernille Vermont, but she's a racist. And they 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 the Danish national broadcasting company had to re-edit the program and. And omitted to take it out. Although, of course, this politician is is, is famous in the Danish. She's, she's a member of the Danish Parliament. 
she's like constantly saying that 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 she should be allowed to call people the the n word or different kinds of slurs. But um, the funny thing was then that that, that another Danish right wing politician said, "Well, of course we can't allow uh, people to to say that on national." public television, it would be equal to calling Pernille Skipper, who is a member of the Red-Green Alliance, so the kind of like the, the most left party in the Danish parliament, it would be the same as calling her pedophile or fascist. And of course, it's, it's really telling that <laughs> it, what it means is, of course, that the, the, the term fascism is, is somewhat similar to a pedophile or something that is just, it's completely insane to, 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 to call somebody. Uh, and the funny thing is, of course, that it's it's it 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 shows kind of like the 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 complete nonsense of of political discourse, where where it's 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 often actually primarily right wing politicians who employ the term fascism in order to characterize political opponents. So, and and that's the challenge. <laughs> that that's the problem in a way that that that. Uh, that in a way it would be it would be easier to, to, to just come up with a different term than 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 than, than fascism. But but the, the risk of doing that would of course be that we then somehow abandon the political tradition someone like George Jackson was part of. So kind of like <clears throat> giving ground to 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 uh, what we're actually trying to to struggle against. You mentioned, I mean, talk about that kind of struggle. Um, you mentioned in there towards the beginning, exploitation and suppression as two different parts of the struggle. Do you see contemporary fascism as composed or late capitalist fascism, perhaps, as composed of a particular form of exploitation or a particular form of suppression? I mean, part of the, 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 the late capitalist fascism, the book is, is, um, is composed of of two parts, and I mean the, the first part is an attempt to 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 embed the discussion of fascism in a in a slightly longer political trajectory than just talking about Trump or Bolsonaro or Brexit or stuff like that, but but trying to connect it to a reading of the last forty or fifty years. So trying to connect it to a reading of kind of like the, the falling rate of profit and and and. The shrinking capitalist economy, uh, and um, and the, the 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 way that 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 the shrinking economy has made it uh, more and more difficult to kind of like uphold a, a, a form of political economic compromise, and the 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 the, the dismantling of that political compromise has uh, at the present moment somehow reintroduced the uh, different fascist tendencies and even fascist uh, kind of like made outright fascist parties legitimate in different different ways and my reading is is of course i mean connected to to this 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 notion of of uh, of a revolutionary position of financiation uh, that this isn't a this is this is an, a preventive attempt to kind of like derail what might be a, a coming like a, the coming into being of a, of, a, of a genuine revolutionary alternative. I mean, quickly put in, in the U.S. the the, the kind of like the the coming to together of of of, of Occupy and the, the BLM movement or what what we saw 
uh, kind of like beginning in the George Floyd protests uh, last year. Um, so it's an attempt to continue kind of like exploitation, of course, continue uh, capitalist exploitation and uh, kind of like in square quotes, democratizing the heavy handed uh, repression of of political protests. Uh, and that's, of course, also why George Jackson is, is important, because what he points to is precisely uh, the continued presence of authoritarian measures after the Second World War in the US, in the prison industrial complex, for instance, or the way the, the police uh, borders uh, the uh, controls or, or, or the border or, or handles uh, different kinds of, of, of uh, um, rebellious subjects. Um, so, so it's a, it's a, I mean, part of the analysis of fascism is, of course, that it's, it's a, I mean, that's part of the kind of like the the, the Marxist reading of of fascism uh, that I I also employ in the book is, of course, that it's an attempt to to prevent something and an attempt to uphold uh, the capitalist mode of production. Is it an attempt with? an explicit grasp of that strategy. So I think there's almost a kind of conspiratorial bent people, some people uh, imagine, um, and you can definitely think of certain people in the far right who might have that kind of strategic long range understanding that what they are trying to do is prevent some sort of other revolution. Um, perhaps, you know, the kind of the, the figure of this for a while was Steve Bannon, right? People were like, oh, Steve Bannon, kind of strategic yeah. genius. I don't know if that was actually <laughs> true or anything at all, but there's definitely a sense in which he was fairly alone, it seems, amongst the kind of milieu of the far right in having that strategic sensibility. So how much would you say that these things, that the development of late capitalist fascism is a kind of reflex? And how much would you say that it is some kind of deliberate strategic attempt by um, what you call later in the book, the Koch, Mercer, Prince wing of capital? Um that, of course, refers to the Koch brothers, who are kind of, uh, I guess, like energy magnates. Right? That's where lots of their investments are, but they have investments across US manufacturing and so on. Um, Prince uh, is the uh, uh, previous head of Blackwater, uh, who is a, which is a, a private security company, or possibly, no, yes, Blackwater. I always get that confused. Blackrock, Blackwater. But yeah. And then, of course, um, Mercer, Robert Mercer. Um, who is a hedge fund manager and also one of the kind of the big donors to the Trump campaign. So those people I can see might have strategic impulses um, or not strategic impulses, sorry, strategic sense of we need to kind of ward off some sort of threat that is emerging from, let's say, Occupy, the movement to the squares, the 2010 movements, the 2011 movements, you know, um, that kind of thing. But I'm kind of wondering, do you think that most people who participate in this most people who support MAGA, even kind of further out, people who support QAnon, people who, you know, are, are they really strategizing about the, you know, warding off of a counter-revolution? Or does that, oh, sorry, warding off of a, of a revolution? Or is that a, um, a reading of them rather than their actual impulses? It's, it's a reading. I mean, that that's uh, the first part of, of, of the book, as I said, is, is uh, much longer, this, like, 
a description of, of, of a longer historical development that, that tries to explain the emergence of fascist tendencies uh, as, a, as a kind of belated response to what is usually termed neoliberal globalization or kind of like the, the structural changes that takes place from the early 70s onwards. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's 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 less a question of of of, of strategy than, than than just fascism emerging as a as a really unstable <laughs> attempt to to prolong um, a, a mode of accumulation that has run into difficulties. Um, so there's I mean that that would be part of the the, the broad analysis of the book that. That late capitalism, the late capitalism part, is is in general characterized by uh, an absence of strategy when it comes to the bourgeoisie or kind of like the ruling class. That it's it's precisely very very difficult to come up with a some kind of adequate plan uh, with which to kind of like handle the ongoing chaos from from the war on terror to the financial crisis to um, the, the, the different kinds of, of, of riots or protests uh, from 2011 onwards uh, to the, 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 the pandemic, that it's, 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 it seems to be more and more difficult uh, to, uh, to envision some kind of, of, um, of uh, like a new, like a program, a new strategy, uh, a, a plan somehow, and that's probably also one of, or that that's, I mean, that's the argument of the book. That that's one of the re the reasons why a figure like Trump is capable of 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 ending up as as uh, the Republican candidate who actually ends up as president president of the U.S. So it's also, I mean, these different fascist tendency or fascist politicians are obviously i mean in many ways different from from say mussolini in, in in italy 22 or hitler in the early 30s insofar as they are in many ways devoid of a, of a, of a, of a, of a mass movement but 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 they are still capable of almost hijacking the and uh, 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 a semi-abandoned or ruined public sphere, uh, which uh, was already uh, characterized by uh, what I what I term pop politics, or kind of like the the the, the transformation of politics into, I mean, one-liners or slogans. Uh, and and Trump is a is in that way a confirmation of an of a, of an already ongoing development. That is, of course, related to the, the kind of like the fusion of, of uh, party politics or democratic uh, politics and kind of like the financial sector. So politics has, in a, in a certain sense, become uh, been hollowed out for, for the last uh, 20, 30 years. And, and Trump is, a, is, in a certain sense, just the, the natural expression of, of, of that hollowing out, the process of, of, of hollowing out. Um, so it's, it, I mean, fascism in that, that sense, of course, is more a, a symptom of an ongoing breakdown than uh, a question of, of a strategy. That said, of course, there are 
parts of the kind of like the ruling class in for instance the us or elsewhere that have um obvious um interests in in the different kinds of political proposals politicians like trump proposes so in, in the book i argue that that it's 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 a it's an unstable coming together of of kind of like parts of of the 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 US middle class who has kind of like after the financial crisis but also before somehow lost to globalization uh they are kind of like the, the mass base of the, the the potential voters for a politician like like Trump and Trump is then funded by parts of this energy weapon um security complex uh, that that particular faction of 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 the US ruling class uh, who i mean in in certain respects seems to be in in conflict with other parts of, of the ruling class in, in in the US who continue to to back the 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 democratic party in the most uh kind of like the 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 most uh, new normal version we can get it in, in the figure of of of, of Joe Biden. <clears throat> you mentioned the kind of the the idea of a certain hollowing out of politics, a certain absence to it. Um, that's a I guess like a part of kind of Peter Mayer in Ruling the Void, his thesis, and also um, Wendy Brown in her book Undoing the Demos. Um, Wendy Brown also wrote, sorry, it's another book called In the Ruins of Neoliberalism, uh, which I'm a big fan of. I think it's a really good book. I think that, um, and, and its main thesis is that the forms, although there was this kind of shattering or shredding of the public sphere under neoliberalism, um, what is left to sustain social relationships is the most kind of reactionary and in some ways conventional of ties, family ties, uh, and so on, um, which are then moralized as the only viable forms of sociality people can have. And therefore when, um, and this contributes to the rise of certain kinds of tribalism. I think that where that thesis about the hollowing out of public sphere falls down is in the figure of the kind of the online character of contemporary fascism. And I think people tend to regard the internet, things that happen online, as somewhat separate from or even kind of trivial in relation to society that happens kind of in the street and so on. I don't think that's true. Maybe that's just a generational thing. Uh, I have no, I not, I've not been outside for a long time. Uh, so I, I actually don't know what it's like to go in the public sphere. Um, I've only ever been on Zoom for you know, two years now. So the, so it's almost like I, I don't know what that's supposed to, um, I don't know that the separation is still there. And I'm maybe slightly by too much some of the, uh, the alt-right, for example, its own um, discussion, its own ideas about itself, right? It, it has this idea that it had kind of meme magic, right? Kind of conjured uh, like uh, witchcraft, right? Trump into, the, into office. I think that's obviously, I don't think that's true, but I think that there was definitely a sense in which the rise of the internet, um, Reddit, um, 4chan versus Facebook, that kind of dynamic, um, Twitter, obviously these kind of things are actually a kind of a new public sphere, but they're a public sphere that is in some sense 
divorced from the capacity for contestation of the conditions of life at a fairly profound level. So in that sense, I'm not sure I buy the idea that politics is hollowed out. I think politics is hollowed out and that it was very, very rapidly in the 2010s refilled by all kinds of movements. Um, but they had a very superficial character. And the reason was that the, that the, the structural transformation had already happened. And so in, in some sense, I'm, I'm not sure I I'm not sure I agree. <laughs> I'm not sure I buy the thesis. Um, does that make sense? Or is that, is that yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think it's, it's also a question of not, not semantics, but, but I mean, a, a different way. I mean, uh, a compromise would perhaps then be to introduce, I don't uh, use Wendy Chun and, and I don't re refer to her in the book, but, but her attempt to kind of rework Benedict Anderson's notion of imagined communities, <clears throat> which is, of course, an attempt to, to explain the coming into being of, of, of the nation state and, and, and uh, an, an analysis of, of nationalism, where he talks about <clears throat> newspapers and, and, and what he calls print capitalism. And print capitalism produces imagined communities, so people who don't know each other can actually become a kind of community. <clears throat> And what Wendy Chun proposes is that, that with the, I mean, new, so, new social media or the internet or whatever, uh, what we've experienced is, 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 um, is a, a replacement of these imagined communities, the imagined communities of the nation state with what she talked about as imagined networks. And imagined networks are characterized by um, immediacy and are, um, kind of like event-like in a certain sense. So, I mean, the, uh, the, the 6th of, of January would be perhaps an example of an event that somehow creates a community that is perhaps not really uh, as, um, as, as uh, it's not present in, in, in the same way as, as, as we used to talk about political mass movements, for instance. So the event, in a certain sense, catalyzes the coming into being of a temporary, temp temporary, or, or kind of like a yeah, temporary community. Uh, and I think of, I mean, to me, that's a, that's also part of uh, the, the 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 usefulness of of someone like Gideborg is his notion of the society of the spectacle. I mean, the society of the spectacle. Part of the the thesis of Gideborg is is of course that politics was always already being hollowed out <laughs> in the 50s and, 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 and 60s, uh, that it was a, a play or a spectacle in a certain sense, and that modern capitalist society is characterized by um, uh, movements of hollowing out or what we with Deleuze and Gettry can call de-territorialization, so, so capitalist modernity is characterized by kind of like a, a continuous destruction of previous modes of solidarity and forms of, of community. And the boss analysis is, of course, that, that uh, the commodity in the form of images or representations or just kind of like um, uh, notions uh, somehow uh, is tasked with gluing society together. So it's, it's, it's a complex dialectics, uh, a process of, of, of uh, with Deleuze and Gessery, de-territorialization and re-territorialization. Um, 
So that process is 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 in a certain way uh, has always been part of the capitalist mode of production, um, but it has been accelerated <laughs> during the last um, 30, 40, 50 years. I would I would argue due to the economy, um, and 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 that's. Uh, that's the analysis I, I, I propose on, on the basis of, of, uh, of this notion of, of, um, of the spectacle. And I think, I mean, I also, to a large extent, uh, subscribe to, to Brown's analysis um, and Peter Mayer's, but I, I mean, my reservation would actually be slightly different I think my reservation would 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 uh, ha has to do with the fact that that uh, both of them, but 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 perhaps most of all, Brown tends to um, put a bracket on um, what Debord uh, emphasizes, namely that this is of course an inherent process in the capitalist mode of production. And what she, what her analysis is, her analysis is, tends to become that neo, neoliberalism is this hollowing out of politics. So neo, the neoliberal, neoliberal mode of production, or just neoliberalism in, in a broader sense, in a Foucauldian sense, is this hollowing out, which then paves the way for fascist tendencies. And I think that the, the risk of that kind of analysis is that it it, it tends to reintroduce or uh, a, a problematic or, or kind of like a, a, a too short understanding of, of, of the capitalist mode of production. And, and neoliberalism in a certain sense becomes the prime, the primary enemy in a certain sense. That, that's what we have to, to combat. Uh, we, we, we're not only faced with the task of, 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 uh, of um, getting rid of Trump, but we also have to, 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 uh, to handle and get rid of neoliberalism, and 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 I mean, juxtaposing Jackson and Debord is of course gesturing towards a, a more radical critique than just a critique of Trump and neoliberalism. Um, and I think that's 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 the problem with uh, some of the different, really useful analysis of of uh, of Trump or Brexit or kind of like fascist tendencies that they actually tend to reintroduce a problematic idea of, um, of political democracy and uh, often has a, um, a, a flawed understanding of kind of like um, a, a broader political economic development uh, and, 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 a, and a too simplistic understanding of, of capital, the capitalist mode of production. Uh, where the the promise then is uh, some kind of return to like a post World War II welfare state. That's actually what we are aiming for when when we uh, are active as as anti-fascist or are trying to get rid of of of, of Trump or, or or some of these um, fascist semi-fascist uh, politicians.
so you instead of starting with neoliberalism you start with well you at least discuss the kind of the, the ongoing crisis since the late 1960s um this is kind of via uh, brenner and endnotes mandel and so on so um can you just describe what it is that what is a crisis of overcapacity <laughs> in 10 words <laughs> or less um you know, or yeah you know, as long as it takes what is a crisis of overcapacity why is it that this would trigger these kind of convolutions in uh, the political realm. What is it the capitalism is trying to solve here? And why has it been unable to solve it for, you know, at this point, coming on for 60 years? Yeah. I mean, in, in a certain sense, kind of like neoliberal globalization is the, is, is, is the dream of, of, of um, surplus value or profit uh, without the involvement of, of labor or laborers. Uh, so the, 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 I mean, Brenner, uh, Arigi, Endnote, uh, Mandela, etc. I mean, the, the, their different analysis and that their different accents or, or, or emphasis, what they emphasize different um, um, elements, but, but, but they're broad, they're, they're in agreement. Uh, on the fact that that the, the kind of like the advanced capitalist economies, due to either overproduction or other factors, um, have since the late '60s uh, been unable to to expand or grow in the same way as 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 the capitalist economies did in the post World War II area. So les Trois and kind of like that that whole story that of course also had to do with the the. The tremendous uh, destruction of, of the Second World War that made possible a new capitalist expansion. So the capitalist economy hasn't expanded for the last 40 or 50 years. It's only it's only been able to to expand in in uh, in, in in Southeast Asia and China. Um, and part of of the Marxist analysis is, of course, that the capitalist mode of production is uh, has always been characterized by kind of like what Trotsky calls combined and uneven development in, in, a, in a, because we are located in Denmark or the UK, it, 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 ha, it was as, as if it was uh, possible to kind of like buy into the idea that, that capitalist development uh, was actually neither combined nor uneven. I mean, uh, part of my own kind of like intellectual trajectory, trajectory. Uh, I mean, being kind of like brought up on on, on different kinds of, of French post-structuralist theory, kind of like Deleuze's control society. I mean, that was in a certain sense a perfect description of 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 I don't know the UK or Denmark or, or the US that that we were being. Um, confronted with the introduction of, of ever more subtle forms of control, that control is being internalized in different ways. So kind of like the, the different uh, the different disciplines that Foucault uh, talked about in, in his uh, critical analysis of modern society, these disciplines, these forms of control were no longer uh, located in specific uh, disciplines or specific institutions but had somehow become what were becoming internalized. So it was never, it, it was impossible not to, uh, it, was, it was impossible to exit the hospital. It was impossible to exit the workplace, et cetera, et cetera. 
and in, in in a way that really did seem to be the case but 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 for i mean 9/11 for me was like a, a return to or a rediscovery of marxism because all of a sudden we were confronted with kind of like really old school imperialism or gunboat gunboat diplomacy um and <clears throat> and i think that that that's uh, that's also where the, the the term fascism became really useful because it's an attempt to 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 uh, map some of these crisis tendencies in 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 capitalist society today um but I, you asked me about um the the Brenner Entner thesis I I let's go I can ask you different <laughs> ended up uh, somewhere else. so so I I think I think what's interesting about the kind of the nine eleven example or kind of the post nine eleven the Afghanistan war the Iraq war and so on is that I agree that there's something to be said about the return of something you could describe as fascism I agree with that um, and maybe it's controversial given that kind of current political situation but I think that in the long run people will regard George Bush, Dick Cheney, Donald Rumsfeld, and so on, as much more detrimental to global um, politics, to the lives of literally millions of people who have died because of them, um, than they will regard Trump as, as detrimental. Trump is embarrassing, um, and Trump is uh, immensely destructive to uh, a huge number of people's lives. But he didn't start any like imperialist wars uh, in <laughs> countries that kill literally millions of people. Right? Mm. This 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 different scale. Of, of, of kind of tragedy and so because i think you're right about that like where we can begin to use the term fascism again i'm kind of wondering at what point does it stop right at what point was there some sort of post-war era um time when it was actually not applicable to describe something as fascism given that the 1960s 50s um even you know back into the, kind of the, the late 40s after the war um 70s 80s 90s like any decade you pick in the post-war era the CIA is funding some sort of like right-wing paramilitarism somewhere, um, is shredding some sort of, uh, you know, country in the global south uh, in order to suppress communist revolution, right? Is funding some sort of, you know, all these kind of dimensions, they're much, they're obviously in some ways like more concealed than the invasion of Iraq, the invasion of Afghanistan, which are public mass spectacle events. They're less concealed, obviously, than is the kind of, um, uh, Trump um, kind of uh, display of a certain kind of indifference or kind of indifferent power, right? They're obviously much more concealed. That's that their point. But nevertheless, I'm kind of wondering what. The, it seems like the actual mode of power on the ground has maybe moved from you know uh, counterinsurgency to drone strikes to financialized financialized war to um, privatized security to you know, energy infrastructure and so on. So in some ways, like the character of domination has become more logistical or become more abstract and so on. But then when did, when was it ever not appropriate to use the term fascism? I'm trying to find a negative example. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that that's, uh, I mean, the the... The, the epigraph or the quote from George Jackson, of course, points to the fact that it was actually appropriate to use the term fascism in the late 60s in, in the US. I mean, George Jackson used it, but uh, Herbert Marcuse also used it, for instance, in a, 
in a, in a related uh, way in in, uh, in the late 60s early early 70s in in interviews and and, and speeches um and i think i mean it was all, it it was actually uh I mean, the, the Second World War and the, the Holocaust made it extremely difficult after the Second World War to uh, to employ or use the term fascism uh, in in Western Europe and to a certain extent also um, uh, behind the Iron Curtain. But but because of course most governments who came into power backed by the U.S state themselves or label themselves as as part of an anti-fascist struggle so anti-fascism was actually i mean it it, it was translated into something different uh, after the second world war and and uh, that also meant that and 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 of course the 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 the, the post-world war welfare state or social state in in in, in the west um, was still to a large extent um part of a of a of a of a global colonial world system but 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 precisely the the colonial aspect of that system had to be somehow almost hidden from view although that's 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 the that's the analysis of someone like Amy Cesar or Franz Fanon and later Jackson that 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 uh, fascism didn't disappear I mean, it was somehow still present in the colonies in different ways, and and it, it had to take, I mean, uh, tremendous efforts by Algerian revolutionaries or whoever in, in the, the second part of the fifties and early sixties, for instance, to get rid of a foreign colonial power. In that instance, France, but we could, we 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 can kind of like we can we can see the presence of of fascist tendencies or fascist state power in these colonial settings um, and uh, and someone like Jackson would argue of course that that black revolutionaries in the US are in a certain sense they are confronted with the same US fascist state power as revolutionaries in in Vietnam for instance so so to, to, to him it's it's the same fascist state power they are they are, they are struggling uh, against, I mean, then it becomes a question of, of 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 nuances, or, for instance, talking about fascist zones or where fascism is present as a as a as a, as a tendency, where it becomes a, a, I mean, state power, where it's specific politicians, how it's it's uh, to, to what extent it's it's present or invisible. Uh, kind of like during the 20th century on, until today. I mean, I I I, I agree with you. I, I think uh, the war on terror was extremely important and laid the the framework for for kind of like uh, Trump's employment of the border patrol, for instance, uh, during uh, the BLM protests. I mean, that I, I I would call the war on terror. I I, I talk about the war on terror as a as the introduction of a preventive anti-rebellion regime or preventive counterinsurgency paradigm, where which is being employed right now uh, to, to, to tremendous effects, 
for instance, in France, when we look at how the French state is, is, is trying to, to combat uh, the yellow vests or different protest movements. Uh, so that there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a juridical um, uh, framework that has been created after 9-11 that is now at the disposal of, uh, of the ruling class or, or the different nation states. Uh, and, and, and of course, part of the analysis is that Trump is just using the, these emergency powers. These emergency powers, which go back to, to uh, Bush II, uh, but uh, perhaps even more importantly, are a constitutive part of political sovereignty uh, as, it's, as, it, as, it, as it's embedded in a nation state. Uh, so that's 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 kind of like it's a late capitalist fascism. It's, it's a short book, but it, there's, there's the, these different attempts to kind of like um, to to embed the analysis of of uh, of these fashion te fascist tendencies, not just Trump or Bolsonaro or Brexit, etc., uh, but embed them in a in a in a certain sense in, in a longer but also broader analysis that both tends to. Uh, connect the discussion to an analysis of the capitalist mode of production, but also to an analysis of uh, political democracy and, 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 and an understanding of, of political sovereignty. You mentioned at the beginning of the book, the, what you describe as the kind of extraordinarily superstructural character of late capitalist fascism. What does this mean? What is the idea? What is a, maybe you could very briefly describe what you think a superstructure is, and then like, why is it that like capitalist fascism has this superstructural character, given that all the kind of the maybe lots of the examples we've been talking about seem like they have a very base uh, character. Yeah. Oh, but I mean that's that's. Uh, I mean, the book is not uh, uh, a heavy-handed uh, Marxist analysis, but in a certain sense it is. I mean, it it has two <laughs> two parts, and the first one would then be kind of like analysis of the base in a, in, a, in a slightly expanded sense insofar as I account for this, this uh, kind of like the, the political economic development, the, the conditions of possibility of the emergence of these fashion tendencies or kind of like the, 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 uh, the way they tend to, to, to become more and more powerful in Western society. Uh, so I, 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 um, I connect these fascist tendencies to, to 9-11, the financial crisis, uh, the, the, the kind of like this fragmented scattered coming into being of a, of a new global protest movement that has a revolutionary potential. Uh, and then the second part of the book is, is then an analysis of the structural, superstructural ca character of, 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 uh, of kind of like late capitalist fascism, which is of course kind of like the, the strange phenomenon of, of, of politicians like Trump or Bolsonaro or Salvini um, that compared to interwar fascism, which is it's, even though I can introduce uh, George Jackson or MSSR or whoever, of course, we, we somehow still have the, the image of interwar fascism as, a, as kind of like the model for what we discuss when we talk about fascism. And, and some of the, the most important uh, differences has to do with the absence of a of a of a strong 
powerful mass movement. Uh, and I mean, so so it's 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 this strange kind of like the the, the clownish aspect of of Trump. It's an attempt to 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 analyze the clownish aspect of Trump, or kind of like the the fact that 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 it seems as if I mean he's 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 it's he's he's the most incoherent politician imaginable in a certain sense, uh, and in that way he comes off looking as a kind of as the kind of like the prelude to a genuine fascist politician or as the the trail of the the, the fascist feature that that, that might uh, come out next year um so 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 it's an attempt to 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 kind of like point to some of the the specificities of 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 these these, these new fascist um politicians or parties or movements that somehow um, uh, appear way more shallow in a, in a certain way than, than, than the interwar fascist movements. The interwar fascist movements were, I mean, within fascism started, it's of course, it's, it's, it's customary to, to describe fascism as, a, as an unstable contradictory political ideology that can at the same time refer to a notion of, of kind of like some kind of eternal German uh, blood und Boden uh, values, but also uh, talk about kind of like steel and the, the, the capacity to produce a new strong German identity. So kind of like both being archaic and modern at the same time. And that's a, that's a feature of, of, of fascism as an ideology and has always been a feature of ideology, kind of like that 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 contradictory character but that contradictory character has has been <laughs> accelerated or augmented in the present moment and uh, so that 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 that's the kind of like the 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 one of the 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 things we somehow have to have to come to terms with that that uh, it's almost as if trump doesn't really believe his promises himself of course, it's not necessarily important if that's the case, but it, it feels as if, I mean, even his his voters or base, uh, they're in on the bluff in a certain sense. And how do you then how do you then combat that kind of 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 of, of shallowness? And what I do in the book is, of course, again, trying to 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 um, uh, connect that to to the um, um, Bohr or Walter Benjamin or different kind of like avant-garde strands within Western Marxism who already in the twenties or, or, or uh, as for the the case of of Benjamin uh, or fifties like Debord talked about the fact that politics somehow uh, the, the the grounds of politics is shifting. Benjamin talks about uh, Bildraum, image space, that, that somehow politics is, is, is becoming different uh, because, because of, 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 of the introduction of, of new uh, means of communication. And, 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 and that's, I mean, that's also what, what Debord is trying to get at with the notion of, of, of spectacle. Um, so politics is, 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 is somehow 
uh, it's not a question of, of politicians um, trying to persuade voters by presenting their political messages through um, spin. It's a question of politics actually changing character to begin with. Uh, and 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 uh, because fascism is a contradictory, unstable ideology, perhaps it's 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 especially suited to that transformation that takes place with politics and has in, in a way it's taken place uh, all along in 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 the twentieth century. But so in the book, it's it's uh, I mean, I I say fascism is not just a question of of analyzing these fascist politicians or late capitalist fascist politicians. Of course, it's important, but, but it's, it's not a question of analyzing them, at least as politicians. It's a question of analyzing them more as a, as a question of, of culture or entertainment or uh, as, as, as what I, I talk about as, as pop politics. Um, and it's also important then to, to, to discuss the dissemination of fascist sentiments in, in broader society, which is, of course, also connected to what you talked about before. We talked about, uh, I mean, the alt-right and, and the internet and, 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 and all of that. But, but the way uh, different uh, means of communication seems to be especially suited to uh, advancing or, or kind of like... Um, yeah, disseminating fascist utterances or kind of like different kinds of xenophobia or male chauvinism, etc. I, th I think this, this transformation of politics into kind of what you describe in Trump's counter revolution, uh, your previous book, as um, image politics. I think this is immensely important. And I want to kind of turn to the future and ask three questions at the same time. Uh, the first question is like, and people have heard me say this on the podcast over and over again, so they're going to be bored of this. But I think it's probably true that the central challenge of 21st century politics, as climate change accelerates, will be to articulate a political aesthetics of disaster. How do we articulate that? What does the disaster of climate change mean? How can we understand it? And so on. That's going to be a real struggle. It's a struggle that the far right has some, some real potent weapons in. But at the same time, you've also alluded to a kind of revolutionary transformation of society that is suppressed by fascism continuously. So could you offer something like a comprehensive strategy in maybe 100 words or less for the left in the context of a transformation of, uh, yeah, in the context of the rising political aesthetics of disaster, our necessity to articulate it, but to not fall into the trap in some ways of image politics and so on. So how do you see these things working out as a kind of left strategy? Yeah, I mean, if, if I was <laughs> to come up with, with really good answers, uh, I mean, we would be uh, having this discussion in front of a huge march of, uh, <laughs> of comrades. But um, no, I think, I mean, that's, it's, uh, it's hugely important questions um, I mean, part of the, the the analysis of the book, or the the, I mean, it, it comes back to to kind of like the the 
the discussion about Peter Mayer and, and, and Wendy Brown and and the the way we define anti-fascism or, or the way we kind of like uh, understand the, the the struggle against fascist tendencies. Um, I mean, in 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 the book, what I've cut, what I of course try to do is to to um, argue that that anti-fascism necessarily has to be uh, anti-capitalist uh, and not just anti-capitalist but 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 ha but has a has to have a, a capital negating perspective <laughs> um, and what this means is precisely that we have to be really aware not to become um, not to subscribe to ideas about the possibility of reforming the capitalist state. Uh, part of the 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 the, the reading uh, I propose in the book, part of it is has to do with with uh, with trying to um, trying to combine the the, the general German Council Communist Karl Korsch and his use of the notion of counter-revolution with the, the Italian philosopher Giorgio Agamben and, and his analysis of, of political sovereignty. And Agamben's analysis is, is of course, that, that, the, that the state form um, is always capable of, 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 of kind of like uh, reducing the, the, the kind of like the, the democratic element so in, 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 in cases of unrest or crisis, it can always augment control and more or less annul democracy. Uh, unless we understand that, we will never be able to confront, I mean, these fascist tendencies because it's, 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 an, in, in, it's an inherent uh, kind of like part of the, the mechanic of the nation state. So, so, so we have to we have to struggle these fascist tendencies as part of a broader struggle against capital and the state. Um, and and of course, in some instances, I mean that was the case after the Second World War, and it's also the case today. Um, Anti-fascism tends to become uh, connected to a defense of the the liberal state and i mean of course the liberal state is is, is in many instances way better than the fascist state no, no that's not i mean that's that's not that's not the point but 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 uh, uh opening with george jackson is also pointing to the fact that the liberal state always tends to have what we can call fascist zones where people who, for different reasons, are not able to or are unwilling to enter the capitalist economy will then be handled heavy-handedly, directly confronted with, with the police or different kinds of, of, uh, of, of state violence or just kind of like what Frank Wilderson calls gratuitous violence, so just people killing blacks, for instance. Uh, and unless we, 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 we keep that in mind, uh, kind of like anti-fascism is is uh, is useless, <laughs> I, I think. So, 
So the revolutionary strategy has to be has to be uh, more encompassing or has to be more radical <laughs> in a certain sense. And of course, it's I don't have a, a a revolutionary program, but I think that 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 it comes back to the question of 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 uh, the position of enunciation. This also means that the most important the way we have to analyze the ongoing destruction including kind of like the climate disaster uh, we, we 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 have to uh, position ourselves uh, next to the ones who are actually already struggling in the streets or online so the 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 the, the, the this fragmented uh, stop go coming into being of a new global protest movement that is discontinuous and and is and, and is, is is subjected to intense forms of repression but going back to the the arab revolts which <clears throat> somehow uh, was connected to the the square occupation movements in southern europe occupy and then i mean onwards in a discontinuous pattern of course but 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 i think uh, we have to we have somehow to to um, to be affirmative towards uh, the uprising, the the, the uprisings that are that are already emerging, uh, and the ones that 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 will for sure materialize in the coming years. And and the question of of a, of a political aesthetics is is I mean, is of course hugely important. I mean, you started out by saying. That I'm an art historian, and I am a, a kind of art historian on the run. But 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 uh, but that's that's also why authors or revolutionaries like Walter Benjamin or Guy Debord. That's why they're they're actually hugely important, because of 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 their attempt to to come up with an analysis of the way politics becomes image politics, uh, and I mean the last. 50 years at least i mean the so-called i mean the left has been more or less totally incapable of coming up with a i mean with the political imaginary capable of 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 actually transforming people or i mean mobilizing them in a in a in a in a useful way so there's a there's a there's a task there <laughs> in front of us um thank you very much that's a very well stated um task everyone get on it and uh come up with a viable political aesthetics that can mobilize people in a way that is useful um in the previous book uh trump's counter-revolution you have a kind of provocative thesis that we should not defend democracy against trump or that we should not have this kind of opposition between uh democracy on the one hand and trump on the other um what does this mean? And it's three years later, Trump is no longer in office, and so on. A democratic process brought him into office, a democratic process took him out of office. Would you still defend this thesis? Has anything changed in this thesis? Um, and, and yeah, why would we why would we refuse the opposition between democracy and Trump? Well, I think on, on <clears throat> I mean, both on historical grounds, but also as a, as a question of political strategy, I mean, in a way, you could say that that uh, I mean, the fact that that Biden 
almost surprisingly <laughs> was able to beat Trump probably only had to do with the, the mishandling of, of, of the pandemic but but uh, but uh, as we as we uh, talked about before Trump is, 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 is just kind of like the figurehead of, of, of different kinds of fascist tendencies that have been present in, in US society and are still present in US society and 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 although they will, of course, uh, some of them will rally together in Washington tomorrow, but 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 they're still there, and and um, <clears throat> and the problem is, of course, that people then tend to say, "Okay, thank God we got rid of Trump the fascist." But that's that. I mean, the the the, the analysis of the book is, of course, that that we're dealing with 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 a with a. Um, the crisis is, is much larger, so to say. I mean, this this has to has to do with the contra contracting economy, an economy that has been been shrinking for the last forty years. It has to do with the hollowing out of politics. It has to do with with kind of like more basic structural constraints of the of 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 uh, of, of the nation state and and political democ democracy, that political democracy embedded in the nation state always has the uh, capability of um, allowing some politicians like Trump to, to, to control the chaos or prevent the coming into being of a genuine revolutionary alternative. I mean, this also has to do with kind of like the, the, the pseudo-revolutionary character of, of, of both interwar fascism, but also late capitalist fascism that, that of course, there's a there's a truth in in Trump. He's actually a, he's a symptom of an ongoing breakdown, and and that ongoing breakdown is much larger than Trump. And politicians like Biden is in no way capable of of, of kind of like handling that chaos or that crisis. Um, so, in order to 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 exit that crisis. And kind of like the, the climate disasters, of course, also looming now. Uh, we have to be we have to be much more radical, and this also means um, refusing to to participate in in these kind of democratic blackmails, where the choice is Bernie, Biden, or Trump. I mean, the problem is, of course, that 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 that, that people use tremendous energy. Uh, in, in political elections, political energy that could be used much more uh, potently elsewhere, I would argue. So I think it's it's uh, it's a question of of, of abandoning and 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 already uh, more or less completely ruined political public sphere. I'm not sure I agree with the the last uh, the last kind of uh, summary there. I think that the the rest of it I'm I'm on board with. Um, abandoning the public sphere simply doesn't make it go away, right? Like it still it remains, right? Um, but as 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 a, as a as a specter, as a zombie form, I mean that's also that that also that's also part of the, in in a certain sense, the I mean the the internet is 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 uh, um, is is is, is somehow uh, has taken on the form of a political public sphere but a political public sphere but but it also points to the complete 
uh, breakdown of kind of like what we used to talk about when we talked about the political public sphere. Uh, so we have to come up with a different strategy, and it's it, it, it's 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 useless going back and forth between participating in, in in political actions and then being active online. I think that's just it's it's just it's not useful, and I think people tend to to become extremely <laughs> depressed and 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 angry angry in a in a in a non useful way whenever there's political election kind of like political the political conjunctures that go up and down it doesn't mean that it's not good to get rid of of politicians like trump but i think that the the similarities between bush obama trump and biden gets lost whenever we kind of like uh, introduce a distinction between democracy and fascism and i think that's also that's that's the legacy of 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 revolutionary thinkers like Guy Debord and, and, and George Jackson. To them, it was just it, it was just silly to, to kind of like invest uh, time and energy in, in uh, <clears throat> political charades like that. And, and, and at least we should be aware of the capacity of, uh, of the state to kind of like... Um, um, like augment or or, or mobilize uh, the 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 imminent kind of like authoritarian or fascist tendencies in itself in times of crisis. I don't want to come off as the kind of the uh, the reformist here, but uh, I feel like I have a um, a less uh, skeptical view of the utility of uh, electoral mobilization, not as the final horizon. I don't want to go back to post-war social democracy. That is not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in, let's call it communism. But I do think like, you know, for example, Bernie Sanders, Jeremy Corbyn, and so on, were useful articulations in a particular kind of sphere of not a revolutionary horizon, but an, a real quite serious attempt to call halt upon the endless degradation of the public sphere. A cool halt upon these things not that they were consummate strategies in them, of themselves and so on but i think they were quite useful stop gaps and the other thing that i would say is that the 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 you mentioned the george floyd protests earlier aren't, aren't the george floyd protests in some sense like quite a useful and important moment in which the public sphere regains or the internet rather let's just say the internet right regains some of its coordinate, coordinating vitality that it possessed in the Arab Spring, that it possessed in the, the 2011 movements, that it possessed in the, the 15M in, in Spain and the movement to the squares and blah, blah, blah. You know, isn't it, isn't, isn't it simply that there was a kind of a, 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 a strange break between 2015 and 2019 when the internet underwent a kind of a, a, a reactionary turn? And then there was a a kind of a reassertion of the capacity of mass mobilization for, you know, perhaps not uh, ultimately revolutionary ends, but nevertheless substantively anti-racist ends in the form of Black Lives Matter and so on. So maybe I'm I'm not as despairing <laughs> as you are. No, no, I, I can understand why. I mean, I think it's. Uh, I mean the 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 lesson from. Um... <clears throat> the the context here in, in in Denmark is is 
perhaps also important. I mean, the here we have a a, a political situation with a, a bunch of, of political parties in the Danish parliament, and they actually all of them subscribe to an extremely xenophobic asylum and migration policy. Um, so, so, and I think that's that's probably. I mean, it, it it's more or less the same in France. I mean, the the some of the the most uh, important kind of like left wing populist parties slash pseudo movements. Jeremy Corbyn would 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 be one example in the UK or Mélenchon in, in France or or the, the the Green Red Green Alliance in Denmark. I mean, when they enter. The political battle um, when they enter the scene of, of of political democracy, it seems as if it has been impossible for them to avoid flirting with different kinds of nationalist or xenophobic currents. I think it's really difficult to come up with to, to mention examples of of kind of like uh, internationalist left-wing populist parties uh, in the last, I mean, in, 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 if, if, if we say that, that there's been like a populist moment in left-wing politics for the last five, eight years, I think most of them ha have, 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 have found just, you know, like gesturing to uh, kind of like its, its voters asking them to go to Syria in order to, to fight for for the Syrian revolutionaries, for instance, no political parties, have, I mean, have done that. That, that, that. That's really amazing. So they are so embedded in the specific in the, in, in specificities of the of 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 what I would call uh, national democracy that it's they are incapable of having a. Uh, a genuine internationalist perspective and have to cater to pseudo-xenophobic um, emotions in, in the, the national electorate. And the national electorate is, of course, precisely produced as, as national voters within the framework of national democracy. So it's just, it's just, it's really difficult for me to envision uh, a progressive use of, of, um, of national democracy uh, in the current moment. So I, I would, uh, I'm more in favor of, of, of abandoning it and using one's, uh, one's energy elsewhere. I should clarify that I'm, I'm, I'm not, and I never have been a member of the Labour Party. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I speak from a position of pure hypocrisy <laughs> when, I, when I defend uh, it against uh, its, its, its critics. Um, Thank you very much for coming. This has been a uh, really kind of intricate and uh, complicated uh, kind of conversation. I think uh, I look forward to there being uh, many more. Uh, I recommend everyone go and, and read Late Capitalist Fascism in Town Out from Polity Press. Thank you very much to you for coming. And thanks to Luke, the listener, for listening. Thanks. 12 rules. <laughs>